everyday, ordinary people living extraordinary lives. For the next few minutes, join me as I introduce you to some of them. And so it was okay in the beginning because I was playing this, you know, quote unquote, refined classical music. I'm B. Moore, and welcome to Conversations. My next guest is a musical artist, and while styles such as jazz, hip-hop, and neo-soul are familiar, her instrument of choice isn't as common. Hi, my name is Monique Brooks-Roberts. I am a neo-soul jazz fusion violinist currently residing in Denver, Colorado. Awesome, awesome. Monique, I, I welcome you to Conversations, and you know... I want to just start out by talking about music. How did you discover music, Monique? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show, Brian. I'm really honored to be here. You know, I grew up in the church very heavily, and I started playing violin around the age of eight. And I just fell, I fell in love with it immediately. I, you know, I grew up, you know, really heavy into hymns, you know, gospel music. I couldn't really listen to a lot of secular music because it wasn't really allowed in my house, but okay. <laughs> I found my way to sneak it in. Okay. But, um, but I, you know, I definitely grew up, you know, just loving music and started playing violin. And within the first year, I just, I just fell in love with it. I just could not think about anything else. I, all I wanted to do was play violin and I got with a private teacher and really, the rest is history. I mean, I didn't always know this is what I was going to do. Um, I didn't even know it was an option. But once I got to college and started to really play, you know, professionally and graduated with a violin performance degree, I said, this is the life for me. So that's really kind of how it started. I just I heard my sister playing violin when I was really little, and I just fell in love with the sound. And I, I said, I want to do that. I'm going to play that instrument. <laughs> wow. So so what is it about the violin that, that you particularly like? What drew you to the violin itself? It was just the emotion that came out of the instrument. Um, whenever I would hear anyone play, it was just this feeling. And I'm, I'm a very sensitive person, and I feel very strongly. I don't know if it's because I'm a cancer or it's just how I'm wired. But whenever I would hear violin, I would just, oh. And I remember seeing a violinist come on Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, and I would hear it, and I just, it would just make my heart burst. I just would feel like, wow, like I don't, you know, I don't really feel, I never felt that about any other kind of music. Like, okay, yeah, you hear the music at church, and it was cool, but something about hearing that violin play, and you would watch a movie, and you'd hear the strings in the movie, and it would always be in a scene that was just, oh. You know, heart. You know, tugging on your heartstrings. And sure. I would always hear those violins, and that's what really just drew me to it. The way I felt when I heard it. Interesting, interesting. And uh -huh. did you hear it in a, in a jazz context early on, or was that later on? No, that was much later on. Much, much, much later on. I see. I didn't even know jazz violin really existed like that until I was probably around 18, 19. And then I found out about Regina Carter and Stefan Grappelli and Noah Pointer and all of these big names and Jean-Luc Ponty. And that's, I just kind of started doing my research and buying albums and listening and transcribing their solos and 
that's when I really fell in love with it, even from that perspective, because it wasn't classical. It was different. It was like from your heart, you could just improvise. So that's when I really started to take it really seriously um, around 18. That's mm -hmm. great. That's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And you just mentioned some of the names that that I've heard over the years: Regina Cardo, uh, Noel Pointer, John Luponti. Yes. yes, all of these. And you know, it's interesting because uh, jazz violin is not. I mean, even with these notables that we can name and draw upon, it's not as um, popular, I guess, no. to, to play jazz violin as as you know maybe some of the other instruments like trumpet and saxophone. And, right. Yeah. What's, what's up with that? <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I just think it's honestly the lack of exposure um, and people really not knowing that it exists. You know, I think you say, you say a name like John Coltrane and Miles Davis, they got a lot of mainstream success, but with, with, with violinists, we don't, it's, it's I don't, and I really, I'm not really sure why. I just really think that it's just, it, because people have been doing it forever. I mean, you have jazz violinists who were playing in the 20s and 30s, but I just think that it gets lost because I, I'm just to tell you this. When I was in college, I had a guy, which I went to school in Kentucky, but there was a, a, a kid that I went to college with who was from Patterson, New Jersey. Mm. And he's like, oh, what's your major? It's like, oh, I'm a violin performance major. He's like, oh, so you like a white girl. That's what he said to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was a black dude. And I said, well, why do you say that? He said, black people don't play violin. Oh, wow. And I was like, yes, we do. He's like, well, you must be refined or you must be, you must not be from the hood or your, your family doesn't struggle because you play that instrument. And in his mind, he really thought, I've never seen it, so it must not exist. So I think when it comes to jazz, first of all, even as a classical black player, people think that that's an anomaly. Like, mm -hmm. they, you know, wow. Even now to this day, I've been playing violin for almost 30 years. I can show up on a gig with no faces of color, and they will look at me like I am just a, like, who is this girl? They, and it's almost like a little fear pops in their, in their mind, like, can she really play this instrument? You know, can she? Right. And so you start talking about jazz, and then that's, that, that jumps into a whole other genre. And so I really think that it's just the lack of exposure. And so that's why I love that Regina Carter has, you know, done a lot of educational outreach and things like that to teach kids and to show that, wow, we, we are out here playing these instruments in this style and everything is not just about being a classical player and just showing that, and even Jean-Luc Ponty, Jean-Luc Ponty was not even really jazz per se. He was like kind of eclectic and had his electric violin that had like a completely different tone from a regular acoustic violin and so he was really kind of forging it ahead to make it sound different kind of like how Herbie Hancock kind of switched from jazz to like this kind of electric electronic vibe you know mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I really just think it just needs to be more exposure there needs to be more music education surrounding it um, and you can't usually go to school and get a jazz violin degree there's a, a lot of universities that are finally doing it now, but for the for the last however many years, you can go and get a trumpet jazz degree, but you can't get a violin. Mm. So it's just not it's not as exposed as it needs to be. And I think there's a lot of trailblazers that are definitely out there trying to push that forward, so people can know that it exists. 
Certainly, and yourself included amongst those. That's awesome. Thank you. Absolutely, Thank you. absolutely. <laughs> now, I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned, you know, and it's, it's interesting that you had that conversation with that guy and he basically kind of wrote off your blackness, if you will, because yeah. you play violin. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, it's, <laughs> that's, that's just, I'm, you know, it happens. It does happen. But, you know, um, one thing that, that you definitely can identify with and, and I read this in your bio in terms of coming up in the church. And you mentioned that it was kind of legalistic, if you will. And I want you to elaborate on that a little bit in terms of how that atmosphere was, even in the context of you playing violin and maybe what yeah. the expectations were. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So I grew up um, off of the Pentecostal tree called Apostolic. Okay. Um, and apostolic is very, very legalistic. It is no, no pants, no makeup, no earrings, you know, anything that's secular is considered a sin. And so it was okay in the beginning because I was playing this, you know, quote unquote, refined classical music. Um, but the moment I started hearing, so I, I don't know if you've heard me tell the story before, but I have, I'm one of seven siblings. My oldest sibling is 16 years older than me, and my sister Camille, we have a 12-year difference. And so here I am, 12 years old, she's taking me to church on a Sunday, and she puts a cassette tape in her car, and she's playing Sade. And I was like, what is this? You know, (laughs) I knew it wasn't the Fred Hammond and the John Key Key I was supposed to be listening to. But my sister always loved music. She loved music outside of gospel. And here she is. She's grown now, practically, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she's listening to her own kind of music. And I heard that voice singing No Ordinary Love. Okay. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> and I found out who it was. And I scrounged up my little money, got me a little, uh, what do you call it, a Walkman. Okay. Got me some cassette tapes from Walmart of Sade. And I was sneaking and you know, listening and getting my entire life because it was just another style of music that I had never heard. You know, a lot of folks, they grew up listening to Stevie Wonder in their households and, you know, just this really great older music. And I did not. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was a fight. It was a fight for me to kind of, you know, sneak around. Now, my dad, he used to listen to Isaac Hayes in his car sometimes. and tina turner and i would kind of get you know ooh, you know daddy's listening to something different Mm. but it was it definitely was um kind of a hard pull especially when i graduated and even when i was in college and i really realized that man i think i can kind of have a career in improvisation and you know i can maybe do an album one day that really was a conflict with certain family members and individuals that I went to church with because it just wasn't looked at as good. It was cute as long as I was playing a hymn. It was fine as long as I was playing something with the choir or whatever. Mm -hmm. The moment you start creating or you're starting to play with names Mm -hmm. that are not gospel names, it definitely was a hard thing. Um, But I am very happy that now I I, I just feel like music is this universal language that can bring everybody together and you know, I'm not here to talk about anybody's beliefs and what they believe and or how they can kind of reconcile that in their mind. But for me, mm-hmm. music is this. This is a gift that I really believe and know in my heart that God gave me. Okay. And so 
the way I explained it to myself was, well, why would you bury this gift? Mm. I don't care what kind of music you play. Like, there's been times where I'm playing and I'm somebody heard it and they came up to me and said, wow, my husband just died from cancer and just hearing you play brought me so much joy and peace. Mm. So it's like those are the moments that, like, you, you have to hold on to and not, like, really the legalistic part because the legalistic part is what I like to explain as black and white and there's no gray. And there's so much gray area in life. And I think that I have been sitting here to, not my only job, but one of my jobs is to inspire through my music. And I take that job very seriously. And no matter how I was raised, I always am very true to that for myself. And so, you know, certain family members have come come along, some, some have not, but I feel like I'm living my truth no matter what, which is like why I wrote my album, which we'll get into that. Um, why I created the album that I did and why it's titled Free because I did have to get really free from feeling a certain way about that and how I grew up Sure, sure we'll definitely get get, get to that tell me a little bit about some of your musical influences so you mentioned Sade you mentioned, you know, some of the um, some of the other jazz violinists who, who have been on the scene and um, Absolutely. Yeah. Who 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 do you listen to? Who do you who inspires you in in terms of your playing? Yeah. So of course, Sade. Um, love Regina Carter. I actually had a chance in college to be mentored by her, and it was just a, it was amazing to hear her take on music and creating. And I tell you, I would play her all her albums and try to learn all her parts, uh-huh. like literally for hours and hours and hours, and just listen with my ear and try to go through all her solos she is absolutely and just the kindest most beautiful individual um i love old school jazz as well i mean i love john coltrane i love miles davis i love stefan grappelli i love jean-luc ponty but i also love r&b i love the neo soul movement i loved 90s r&b really heavy i love jill scott i love uh, Erica Baidu, those those guys, and then I also love Euro as a jazz. <laughs> Wait, say <laughs> that. Like, can, can you say that again? <laughs> Euro yes, what? Euro what? Euro Euro acid jazz. <laughs> okay. That is a genre that a lot of people don't know about, but there's a awesome bands out of German Germany. One is called Tab Two. Just listen, listen to Tab Two music, and you will you will just love it. Um, it's definitely like a blend of jazz and kind of funk and soul and it's just it's beautiful um love that love telepop music i have a pretty wide range i love a band called air mm. and then i love bands like bella fleck and the fleck tones and fish and radiohead and so i think it kind of all gets kind of congested in my brain and then i just create from 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 my inspiration, I draw from that, but I also draw from like what's just kind of living on the inside of me and, and how I create from all the angles. So I have a pretty eclectic taste in music. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I can tell. I could tell it's, it is very eclectic, and that's you know, but that's wonderful because I think that was really kind of um, what stem jazz. If you really break it down in terms of the elements that go into what made jazz and what makes jazz jazz, it, you know, it definitely yes. comes from different sources and yes. into one, 
you know, uh, very refined and very um, beautiful, beautiful music. So that's great. Absolutely. That's great. Now, I understand that your husband, uh, I was watching a video, and I believe it was your husband who was on keys in your mm -hmm. band. So I yes. want to ask you, yeah, how did the two of you meet? Yes, that's a great story. Okay. Well, do <laughs> tell. I'm with you, Brian. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we met in New Jersey. I was playing violin for a singer named Deatra Hicks. And we met at a restaurant opening in, in New Jersey. And I approached him, Brian. I approached him. Oh, okay. <laughs> the owner of the restaurant, I asked, the, I asked, I'm like, man, who's that guy sitting over there? Because I just saw him and I was kind of drawn to him. And he says, oh, that's the brother that plays the keys. Oh. And I'm like, he's a musician? Uh -oh. He's like, yeah, right before you got here, he was playing the baby grand. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he, he went up to him, told him about, you know, this girl over there, she wants to talk to you. And pretty much the rest is history. We got engaged after three months. Oh, wow. Okay. We got, we got married nine months later. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And we're going to be celebrating 12 years of marriage this summer. Wow, so. that's wonderful. Con con <laughs> congratulations yes. to you. Thank that's you. awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. He's so talented. Oh, that's Very great. talented. Very nice. And I'm not just saying that because he's my husband. He's one of the most talented individuals I've ever met. He actually went to Berkeley College of Music on a full scholarship. Oh, wow. And yes. he's just a master producer. He produces everything for me. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everything. I did use a couple producers on this last album, but a couple other producers outside of him. But he produces everything. He's my musical director. Okay. He he's he's just phenomenal. He's a phenomenal human being. That is I'm great. Very that is great. So you do you do co-create your music with with your husband? It sounds like yes. Awesome. I do. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So tell me what what that creative process is like. I I can speak to that because. Um, my wife and I, we've created music together and we, we still oh, do nice. on occasion and, you know, it's, it's, but, but it's a really interesting dynamic when, when the two of you are, you know, um, it's your spouse that you're creating music with. So, so I want to hear about your process. Absolutely. First thing is I'll have an idea of how I want a song. I won't necessarily know exactly what I want to do, but it, I'll have a general idea of what I want the vibe of the song to be. And I'll tell him. And because we've been playing together for such a long time, very rarely does he bring me something and I say, uh-uh. Usually the very first time I hear it, I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so he basically lays down the foundation for what's in my brain. Hi, I'm Brian Moore, owner of More About You the producer of Conversations with yours truly, Be More. First, I'd like to thank you for listening to our program. But secondly, I'd like to call something to your attention. Just like my guest, I believe that many of you listening have incredible life stories to share. You see, More About You was started on the simple belief that everyone, and I mean everyone, has a story to tell. Unfortunately, many of those stories are lost and never shared nor passed down to future generations. More About You can help preserve those personal tales in ways that can be enjoyed in the present and also used to educate in the future. I invite you to go to my website, 
moreaboutyou.com to see how I've done this for others. And you can call me at 315-863-2466 to discuss how I can do the same for you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now, back to Conversations. Okay. I'll have something and I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll want it in this key. I want this vibe with the drums. I And I don't tell him rhythm or anything. I just tell him the vibe I want. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he gets to work and he creates a, a track and he brings it back to me. And nine times out of ten, I, I'm in love with it. And then I start to write on top of it. That's wonderful. Wow. Thank you. That's, it's really cool. Like, and we, he knows me so well musically. I mean, we've been playing together now for 13 years. I mean, even when we first got together, I remember the first time we played together, mm-hmm. that was a really special moment. Like, here we are, we just got together, we're all in love, saying I love you after two weeks, <laughs> and I have, you know, I have my violin, and he's at the piano, and we got into his church, and we, he sat down and started playing, and I started playing along with him, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, it just was one of the best, you know, memories I still have to this day of playing with him for the first time. And all these years later, he knows my next move. He knows what I'm going to do. He And which I'll get into that with, um, on one of the songs on the album. Okay. Um, that we did that way. But he knows me so well. And so it's just, a, it's, I feel very blessed that I have a, a, a husband and a producer in one, you know? Because okay. Okay. trying to find a producer is a very difficult thing. Somebody who understands you musically and, and understands your vision. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he just, as soon as I say something, he is able to just create something extraordinary. It's just, I feel very blessed. That's wonderful. No, that that is very that that is very blessed. By the way, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. And if you're just joining us, welcome to Conversations. I'm the host, Be More. My guest for today is violinist Monique Brooks Roberts, and we're talking about her her music. So so Monique. You know, one yes. of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about here as a working musician, and, and you're, you know, obviously very into your, your craft and your art, um, into your creativity. How has this COVID-19 pandemic that we're currently facing affected yes. all of what you're doing currently? Yes, it has wiped it all out, Brian. Every single last bit of it. Oh, no. <laughs> it is. It has been a challenge, I will say. You know, you never... You know, every every year you go into a new year, right? And you're just really excited for the possibility of that year. And for me, 2020 was a special year because I was going to be re- releasing my very first solo album. I had released an album before in the past with an old band I played with, but this was my first solo album. This was my baby. I spent two years cultivating. I was flying back and forth from Denver to Philly, spent countless money on the project Mm -hmm. just for this to happen and all the momentum that I was getting and all the live shows that I was getting ready to be doing and the tour that I was planning Mm -hmm. is done indefinitely. And so it definitely has been, it's been a hard pill to swallow. And as I know, this is the reality for many artists right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you just have to hold on to, the faith that this isn't going to last forever and that you really hope that this, the industry can bounce back. I mean, I think what's very difficult is a lot of these clubs 
mm-hmm. you know, they're completely out of business. And it's like the question of whether the clubs are going to be able to come back and be restored after this is all over. Sure. But right now, I'm honestly just trying to get through this a day-by-day basis. I've done a couple live streams on Facebook, which have been really great. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing like playing with your band and playing live music. And so I think right now people need to get through this whatever way they need to get through it you know i've heard everything from if you don't learn another language when you come out of this and you're not you know it's it's not the same for everybody you know this is not an easy thing i i have two small children i'm working with homeschooling you know it's it's a lot and so i i'm just doing my best to survive it and be as positive as possible now i do have days where i literally cry my eyes out because I just can't believe that what my career is, I cannot do it at all right now. Yeah. Okay, okay, a live stream here and there, but it's it's really a crazy thing. It's really a crazy thing. I would have never imagined in a million years that this would be the situation. But, mm. you know, we're artists. We're resilient. We've I've gone through a lot to even be this violinist that I am now. So this is just another little bump in the road that we all have to get through. And I really believe that we'll all come back out shining on top when this is all over. Definitely, definitely. That's what I'm hoping as well. And, you know, um, I mean, some things that you mentioned, the live streams that you've done are, I mean, you're blessed to have your husband by your side and at least you're going through this this together have you have you been able to have you been able to be creative in this in in terms of the creativity between the two of you a little bit um you know it goes in waves there's weeks where i feel very creative we actually released a song on soundcloud called spring um which is just kind of like the vibe that we were feeling you know now it's spring, it's beautiful outside, and we can't go and do the things that we would normally do. So we kind of wanted to create a little vibe. So I encourage each of you to head on over to SoundCloud and download it. It's free. It's called Spring, and you can just search by my name, Monique Brooks Roberts. But there's some more things that we're going to be you know, putting out, maybe a small EP, four or five songs. Um, I, I think for me, I draw inspiration from so many places that I visit and and just a space that I'm in and so it's been hard I'm not gonna lie it's been hard to draw inspiration right now Mm. it's been hard to feel creative Mm -hmm. um just because so much is going on in the world you know I, I have friends and family that have been affected by this you see these vast numbers of deaths every day and it can be really difficult and even when you try to disconnect you it's still in the back of your head you know, because I, I purposely don't watch the news as much as I was. Mm-hmm. and But it doesn't matter because you get a text message from that friend whose grandmother just died. or You, mm-hmm. get a, you know, and so it's, for me, survival right now is, like, most important. And when I feel the urge to create, we definitely do. Um, and when I don't, I honor that as well. I, you know, we've been working with some, on some scores for some films which has been really awesome. Oh, but, you know, great. right now, everything is just kind of at a standstill. So we're not really doing that right now. Okay. Um, I have been blessed to do some projects at home, which have, people have reached out about doing some things at home, which has been really great. Mm-hmm. But I'm so used to jumping on a plane and being in a different space and, you know, just loving my art and performing. I love to perform. So this has definitely been 
a hard thing. But we're going to get through it. Yes. I really believe that. Yes. We're going to all get through it. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about your your solo project entitled Yay! Free. I, w- I want to hear about, about this. What an interesting title for your album. And just tell me about the project and, and your concept behind it and what you want to express through it. Definitely. So free means for me, free of religious fear. Free of, like I had said earlier in our conversation, a big portion of my life was in this legalistic church. And, you know, growing up with the notion that everything you do is wrong, that fear fear really starts to perpetuate in your soul. Mm. It's like it's not even a thing of like thinking about it anymore. It's like you just live in fear because that's what you're so used to doing that in order to get out of that, it is a hard road. It is a very, very hard road. And so I don't know if any of you know the listeners came from that or can understand that, but it's like when you tell a small child something, mm-hmm. it's like it's interesting if you, if you get into it when you're an adult, which I don't understand how people could come to this as an adult, but as a kid, you are being fed something every single day. You're going to church three, four days a week. You you know, you're sitting in revival until one o'clock in the morning when you're eight, nine years old. You're seeing demons be cast out of people. All you hear is hell, 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 hell. So now music comes into my life, right? And it's almost like this bridge. Mm-hmm. It's like I see across the bridge that there's another life over there. And I'm not saying another life without God. I'm saying another life not in this box of what I was put in. Mm-hmm. As a kid, okay. I was told what to believe. I was, you know, all these things. So now, right, you're in college, starting to get out of it, but you have this fight. There's this fight. There's this mental battle mm-hmm. because even though you feel like what you've been raised as and what you've been told doesn't resonate with you and it doesn't feel right in your spirit, and you, you're this musician and you feel like God gave you this gift, there's a battle there because you don't want to be wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to go to this hell that they keep speaking of. Right. And so that was a struggle. And leaving Kentucky, leaving that church, moving to New Jersey was just the biggest step that I could take. It was the best step I could take um, because it really allowed me to focus on me and my art. Mm-hmm. And I worked a day job for three years and I was grinding and I was going to New York for studio sessions and working my day job from eight to five and bartering with bartering with my bosses hey i got a gig can you let me work i'll work a double for you next week if you let me take these three days off Mm -hmm. and then things started to fall into place and brian when i moved to jersey i made a list i wrote down on a piece of paper everything i wanted to accomplish it was like 20 things i want to play a carnegie hall Mm -hmm. i want to do a major recording for a major artist all these things right i want to be on tv Every single year, I got to check things off. I prayed over that list. Prayed to God, I want this to happen. Don't you know, I was able to check every single thing off on that list. So it's a journey. It's not you wake up one day and you're free. It's a journey. It's like, do you want to be free? What do you want to be free from? And so mm. for me, I was, I, I'm also, I was also free from the band that I was in for eight years. That was a little bit toxic. Okay. Free from... You know, a, a parent not supporting you. There's a lot of things that that went into this album, and so I really realized, wow, 
like I'm at a point and a place in my life where I am so happy. I, I, I love God. I love my family. I love my children. I love my career. And nothing is standing in the way. And I really felt completely free of all of that religious fear that I grew up in. Now, that's not to say that fear is gone 100%. Mm-hmm. Because we all deal with it. But how do you deal with it? And that's for me, I'm, I'm free of letting fear hold me back. I always tell my sister girls, like our little group chat with all my good girlfriends, mm-hmm. you can be scared all day. I don't care. You, if somebody brings an opportunity to you, you can be scared. But do it scared anyway. That's true. Do it anyway. I never say no to an opportunity out of fear. Never. Mm-hmm. Never. I, don't, I could be shaken in my boots scared that I'm not going to be able to do it well. And I still say yes, because every single time I prove to myself that I actually can do it and not even just do it, but like kill it. Because if you know, you've got this talent in you, you know, you're going to work as hard as you can to see your dreams manifested and to see your prayers answered. And so I wanted to create this album that just showed what freedom looked like from a musical perspective. Yeah, that's that's impressive. That's very impressive. It sounds Thank you. It, it sounds like and, and this was a question that I was gonna ask you earlier and uh in part you've answered it, but I wanna I wanna elaborate on it some more because I, I think that you have a lot more to say towards it. But is this kind of your way of reconciling, you know, your past in terms of what you experienced in, in terms of your development uh spiritually as you were developing as a musician as well as you know oh definitely yeah yeah definitely i think there's resentment there was a lot of resentment because most of my friends who are in music and do it professionally they have these memories of growing up with beautiful music oozing through their homes you know oh i grew up listening to stevie and and everybody Prince, Michael Jackson, everything. And I did not have that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I never heard Michael Jackson. I did. But I always had to kind of sneak or like get around my dad when my dad was feeling like he was in a good mood. And then, but I got a really late start to music. You know, 17, 18, when I got out of the house and went to college and had some money, I had to kind of play catch up. And so for me, this album was like, I'm not creating music because I want to sound like anybody. I'm not creating music because I I want somebody to pat me on the back. I'm creating like all this music that has been in me for such a long time that I haven't been able to get out for myself. Like this is what, and it, and also like it was a very proud moment for me to, to record and release this music because I climbed out of that hole and so many folks don't. I, so many folks kind of succumb to this, well, this is the life I'm supposed to live. And they're not happy. And, and, and they're too afraid to reach their dreams. I didn't grow up where we, we talked about dreams. Mm. You know, it was like, this is, this is the plan. You better serve God. You better speak in these tongues. You know, get you a regular little day job. And just be good with going to church five days a week. It wasn't, let's reach for the stars. It wasn't encouraged to travel to different countries because that would sway your mind about what they told you. So traveling out of the country for the first time, I was like, Ooh, wow. People live in completely different in this, than this box. Mm. And so, yes, this album 
it means so much to me. So, so, so much. Wow. Because uh, it's all of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As, as a final question, I, I want to ask you, you know, kind of looking, you know, into the future, what do you hope to ultimately accomplish as a musician? And I, I, I kind of want to go back to that list that you had drew up mm-hmm. for yourself when you were in New Jersey and all those things that you checked off and have been able to accomplish. Do you have a new list or is there just... I do. Oh, okay. I, I do have a new list and I've, I've already been able to start checking some things off of that. I do. I think the most important thing for me that I have discovered over the years is not how much I can really acquire um, because that's never going to stop. And it's like, where does your happiness derive from? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I can, I can have this list and keep checking things off, but then there's just going to be another list and another list and another list. So ultimately my biggest goal as a musician is to inspire. I really love playing music for people and I love that they feel something from what I do. So what, whether I play another award show, whether I do, because now I've done that. It feels great to do it. I, I love, I just did the Grammys in January with Lizzo. It was amazing. Nice. I'm happy that I get those opportunities. But at the end of the day, nothing means more than when somebody comes up to you after a performance crying, saying how much you touch them. Like nothing mean, means more to me than that. So that's my goal for the rest of my life is to continue to inspire folks through love, through peace, through my music, through joy, however it is I can help. That's like really the ultimate. For me, that's the ultimate. That is... Like everything else is just, it's, it's a great accomplishment, but especially now in these times that we're living in, it makes you kind of think about like nothing, things don't mean anything right now. We're all sitting in our homes you know, all the, all the celebrities with millions and millions of dollars, that's not buying them any freedom right now. They can't, be, just because they're millionaires, they can't go walk down the street without a mask and not get sick. Nothing is, all those things kind of don't matter. It's like, what what's the true happiness? What, what are you really going to get? Like, that that's what I really try to focus on. It's like, how, what am I doing? And is it making me happy? And if I can make other folks happy, and if people can listen to my, even after I have done this album, I got so many, I did a Facebook live talk going through the album and talking about each song. Mm-hmm. And I got so many DMs from people who were, who grew up in those types of churches. So many DMs of people crying saying, thank you so much for being transparent. I still struggle with this. I still live in fear of going to hell every day. I still, and just hearing this and hearing your music, I've been crying. I've been like, oh. That means more to me than playing at the Grammys. Sure. Because, like, I can change somebody's life through my story, through my music. And I will say this. The last song on my album, which is entitled, which is titled Free, it's the title track. Mm-hmm. It is my husband and I playing for a little over five minutes off the top of our heads. I really wanted a song on the album that completely embodied what freedom meant for me. And that in that moment, it was just he and I sitting in Retro City Studios in Philadelphia, and we literally had our eyes closed. And I couldn't even tell you what I played when I got done. And that's what we put out: no overdubs, no changes, just that was it. That was the song. And that's how I wanted to end the album. Now, just that... encourage, 
Uh-huh. Yeah, that is an incredible experience. I mean, as a musician, I can I can definitely attest to that. When you when you're able to do that with, you know, somebody and have the, um, and that is truly free to be able to trust your expression and the, and to yes. trust their expression, and uh-huh. to trust your your collective expression in a way that it will come out to be something that that is um, indeed you know. Um, Something that people can listen to, enjoy, be inspired by, as you mentioned. So that, and I actually watched your video. It was from I'm I'm not sure which one it was, but I watched one of your videos where you and your husband actually performed free uh, for yes. the crowd, and that was now. So so I have to ask you: does it does it come out different each and every time, or is it just does it... every single time? Okay, <laughs> okay. it's different every time. Oh. <laughs> Every single time. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you know, I could it, not go back and tell you what I did. Well, I could not even replay it if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, just as a listener, I can I can definitely attest to the fact that it's and as you've gotten comments and people come up to you and tell you this, that it is it is something that is um, awesome to to witness and and to to listen to. Thank you. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my guest for today has been Monique Brooks Roberts. She is a neo-soul jazz violinist. Uh, She has a new project entitled Free. Um, Now, when will people actually be able to access the album? They can access it right now. You can go to iTunes. It is basically on every single digital platform you can stream it on spotify you can download it on amazon play uh itunes obviously i would love for you to download it and spend the ten dollars but i know you know however you want to get the music is totally fine and you can also please follow me on instagram my handle is monique b rob and if you go to facebook please follow me on there as well monique brooks roberts i've been doing some r&b old school r&b live shows every other sunday we just did one this past sunday so we'll do one again in a couple weeks i would love to see you in the live stream and um you can also head to my website moniquebrooksroberts.com sign up for my mailing list and let's stay connected awesome awesome very awesome well monique i appreciate you being my guest for today and i wish you um the very best and in this journey uh that you're going through of creativity and self-expression uh the best to you and your husband as you do this not only uh alone but you're doing this together and uh you know continue success to you thank you so much and i really appreciate you having me on your show i'm really honored here and thank you so much recently we celebrated june and in these trying times it is a powerful and needed reminder of the importance of being free i'd like to leave you now with a little bit of monique brooks roberts title track from her latest release free stay safe and peace <laughs>